Good morning, Supers. How are you doing this morning? I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. It is hump day. Uh, this is what's this, uh, October 13th for a Wednesday. Today we have uh, a couple of news stories. Uh, the Hasbro CEO passes away. Uh, Best Buy pushes ahead with its healthcare strategy. Uh, a record 4.3 million workers walked off the job in August. Uh, $500 million joint venture aims to curb climate change with forest investments. And I answer the question, should I try to fix my brand or start fresh? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of information about that, so we're, we're going to work with what we got. And uh, if you have any questions, please drop them in the chat. Uh, while this is while we're live streaming this here this morning, and uh, if you're listening to the podcast replay, I appreciate you listening, and I uh, I'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, if you want to leave a rating review, tell me what you love, what you want to hear about, uh, that would be absolutely awesome uh, to to have. So let's get started. Hasbro CEO Brian Goldner has died just two days after taking medical leave. Brian's work brought joy and laughter to children and families around the world, a company statement read. Uh, he dies at the age of just 58. Uh, Hasbro, uh, the toy maker, announced Tuesday just two days after he, Goldner stepped down to take a medical leave. Goldner 58 disclosed last year that he had been receiving treatment for prostate cancer since 2014. He joined the company in 2000 and was appointed chief executive in 2008. Uh, Rich Stoddart, an independent director on Hasbro's board, was appointed interim CEO when Goldner, uh, Goldner's leave was announced. Stoddart uh, has served as Hasbro's board uh, on Hasbro's board since 2014, and was previously CEO of at a marketing company called Inner Workings, an advertising agency, uh, and an advertising agency, Leo Burnett Worldwide. Since joining the company more than two decades ago, Brian has been the heart and soul of Hasbro as a charismatic and passionate leader in both the play and entertainment industries. Brian's work brought joy and laughter to children and families around the world. Hasbro is known for its My Little Pony toys and its partnership with Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, it also makes Monopoly, which saw a surge in sales over the pandemic as lockdowns led to increased family time. So that is uh, absolutely terrible. My heart goes out to uh, to the whole Hasbro uh, team as well as his family and friends um it's never easy to to lose somebody uh that you know you love you know and love but it's also even worse uh to lose somebody who actively brought uh love and 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 uh good feelings and and all that to uh and and fun to you and and the people around you so uh that is that is heartbreaking to hear uh, that he he may have succumbed to the uh, the tr you know the treatments of for for the cancer that he had has been battling with for the last six six years uh, seven years but uh, but yeah that's 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 absolutely horrible oh, I forgot my I forgot to put out my uh, 
my nameplate there and uh, my book. So it's a good time to to mention. You know, if you haven't checked it out, Sales Won't Save Your Business. It's available on Amazon, audiobook, uh, e-reader, and uh, Apple Books, uh, as well as uh, in physical book form, in book book form, if you will. Uh, Best Buy pushes ahead with its healthcare strategy by acquiring current health. Best Buy said Tuesday that it struck an agreement to acquire Current Health, a tech company that helps it with remote patient monitoring and telehealth. It already owns two other healthcare companies. Uh, with the move, the retailer is pushing further into a sector that CEO Corey Barry frequently describes as a growth opportunity. So I, I, I uh, I'll link this article down down below, of course. Um, I love the the idea of getting diversified. So if you and your business have not diversified in some way, shape, or form, uh, it you know it it's never too late to start. Uh, it's one of those things where, when you're looking to diversify, you want to get something that complements what you already are doing and bringing to the table. Uh, you don't want to get too far into the woods or something that's going to be totally different and doesn't uh, enable, like it's not an enabling um, uh, acquisition or, or diversification. It's a uh, disabling. So, and how would it be disabling? Um, So if you are diversifying your business and it, you know, we have three, three uh, means of resources, right? Time, energy, and money. And you you have to allocate that those resources accordingly so that you don't run into the issue of, uh, you know, over over um, overextending yourself in the with energy or money or the time. You can get more time by adding more employees. You can get more energy by adding more uh, employees. Uh, money you can get more by selling more and by making sure that you're making a healthy profit on the on those things that you're selling. But well, you know, ultimately, uh, I I like the move because I think that Best Buy knows that you know they absolutely know that their retail days are uh, numbered or their mass retail days are numbered. Um, and as it gets closer, like as as that that uh, end game comes closer, they need to do uh, one uh, or actually a couple different things, and they've been working on those things for a couple of decades now, right? With the Geek Squad offering services that people have to come for, offering in-home services that people have to, you know, have people come to their home for. Uh, By having that relationship of going to people's houses, uh, it helps them uh, potentially have this this, um, telehealth and patient monitoring service that they could, uh, you know, have in the same kind of um, set up that they have the Geek Squad set up where they have a like a central hub. And I don't know if it's still this way because it's been a while since I've I've kept up on it. But uh, the way they used to have is they had like a central hub down in like Alabama or Arkansas. I don't know one of those states down down in uh, down down in America, you know, Middle America. And that's where they would, you know, if you had like a real big problem with a laptop or computer, that's where you would send it to. So they try to fix the stuff there. They have their support center there and they would call up for any issues they have. They dial back to them to, to run services, you know, cleaning services and stuff on PCs. So that um, 
that has is is been huge for them, right? And enabling them to be able to float uh, so much so that like you look at Staples and Staples had Easy Tech and tried to uh, replicate their their Geek Squad, but Geek Squad is just so much for far further reaching. You know, installing home entertainment systems and things of that nature. Uh, that it is it, it is a great service that they they have. So um, having home monitoring services, things uh, you know, especially as people are home more, even with the pandemic subsiding, uh, it's really um, it, it's it's a really good move for them to get into because healthcare is not going away anytime soon, and to be able to be in diversified in health uh, is is an excellent opportunity for them, especially if they have. Uh, a, a health technology, right? And they're known for technology. You go Best Buy to buy technology. Though they do have toys now, uh, as well. But you you get that that correlation there, and with a customer base, all of a sudden you have yourself a great opportunity uh, to knock it out of the park with the you know with. I would be surprised uh, if you know I'm or I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this is also about the age demographic that they're catering to with the geek squad, right? An older demographic uh, that, that needs their computers fixed, doesn't know how to do it, doesn't have someone else to, to come and do it uh, for them. So they, they go to the geek squad and well, uh, that same demographic could probably use home, home uh, patient monitoring, remote patient monitoring and telehealth. So I, I, I think it's a great I think it's a great move. And I honestly I didn't know that they had owned two other healthcare companies. So uh it's just expanding further into their their uh their their differ, diversification into that world. A record four point three million workers walked off the job in August. The number of people quitting their jobs is still smashing records. Now this isn't for talking for August. This article just came out yesterday. Uh, the number of job openings in August took a breather from the record highs it had been notching in recent months, but a record 4.3 million workers walked off the job, according to the Federal Job Openings and Labor Turnover Summary. Job openings fell from a record 10.9 million to 10.4 million, an uh, unexpected drop that experts say that the uh, could, could be attributed to contractions in commercial. uh, in commercial activity due to the Delta variant of the coronavirus, falling economic expectations, uh, companies taking late summer breathers from hiring, statistical noise, or some combination of the above. The other thing I would say is, is, you know, when you talk about August, I'd like to see where did those numbers come into play. Um, And the reason is is because if it was at the end of summer, um, anybody who took summer jobs – aren't going to stay doing summer jobs when summer ends and they got to go back to, you know, they're going back to school and stuff. So uh, that probably always plays a part in, in August numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if August numbers and maybe January numbers uh, or, you know, were always a bit higher uh, than normal. If we look across the board, across broad cross sections of the economic metrics, we know there's been some moderation recently in forecasters' expectations. Uh, says Mark Hamrick, the chief financial analyst at Bankrate, the International Monetary Fund shaved a percentage point off its growth projection for the U.S. gross domestic product this year, pairing its forecast Tuesday from 7% to 6%. 
Uh, there continue to be a lot of remarkable, remarkable cross currents in the economy. Uh, it stands to reason that there would be a cost to that uh, with respect to employment. But with, uh, with more than 10 million unfilled job openings, it is clear that more workers are seeking greener pastures. Uh, the rate of people quitting their jobs reached a record 2.9%, leading with increases among people leaving hotel, dining, and wholesale trade jobs. Given the fact that we have a lower uh, employment levels overall, it's kind of incredible to see thousands of people quitting. Uh, says Julia Pollack, uh, Pollack uh, the chief economist over at ZipRecruiter. She suggested that the continued desire to avoid jobs with a lot of in-person contact could be driving some of the migration. It's interesting to see how widespread these record quits are. What may be part of what's going on here is people are leaving these on-site sectors for more remote friendly sectors job openings fell the most in two industries uh which is healthcare and social assistance uh, and accommodation and food services sectors seismically affected by the long duration of the pandemic experts warn that the labor shortage is weighing on the ability of mom and pop shops business uh, mom and pop businesses to thrive and even in a growing number of cases to survive the small business networking platform alignable uh, found that one third of restaurant owners surveyed expressed doubt that they would could make it through the holidays without going out of business the inability to hire was uh, cited as a key factor said alignable co-founder and ceo eric groves who warned that other kinds of businesses that heavily depend on labor to generate revenue, such as personal services and transportation, face similar risks. Wherever labor is the critical element to revenue, it's a challenge. Uh, the problem is when you're short-staffed, you've got to give your staff a break so you can deliver the, the, the level of service you want. Grove said that the businesses of all stripes uh, have had a ri- uh, had to raise pay on top of paying higher costs for supplies, ingredients, and other raw materials, but uh, that many others struggled to find workers at all. And the new survey from the National Federation of Independent Business, or NFIB, found that a record 51% of small businesses reported being unable to fill jobs. It's an incredibly difficult time for those who have open positions to find and attract applicants, said Holly Wayne of the, the executive director of NFIB Research Center. For many, uh, for many of them, they're not receiving any applications. There are just no resumes coming in right now. Uh, she said, even though a record 42% of small businesses said they have increased pay uh, and 30% said that they plan to do so in the next three months, Wade said high turnover is the existing workforce uh, or said higher turnover in the existing workforce aggravates the challenge. The shortage is increasing, uh, increasingly weighing on business owners outlook for the future. NFIB survey found that small business optimist uh, optimism fell and owner uncertainty rose that weighs on plans for growth, such as capital investment, the survey, uh, the survey found, uh, despite the con- the contraction of in job openings, Wade said the labor shortage remains a cloud hanging over ec- economic recovery. 
I don't see that this issue is easing up anytime soon. Small business owners are planning to have to deal with this well into 2022. Well, this echoes exactly what we've, um, you know, we've been talking about here on the Entrepreneur News day in and day out that you know the rising costs of everything and the lack of being able to get labor uh, to be able to pay labor and it's a it is a vicious cycle um, that. I don't know that raising interest rates will start to uh, start to curtail or help curtail. And you know, if you're if you're struggling right now to be able to uh, you know pay the people that you have to keep them, uh, I think it's really you know I think depending on what kind of industry you're in, it might behoove you uh, to 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 start you know looking at passing passing the buck along if you haven't already pass that buck along of like okay we're uh you know i need to increase the the pay in order to keep the the skilled workers that i have because getting any kind of workers in general is tough right now and keeping them where they're at and where they're happy is is not uh not the easiest on top of uh in worker incentives especially when you're competing with companies like Amazon and Walmart and Target they're like hey like we we you know we'll we'll pay you a lot more money than you're making right now and and you know we're going they're but the work that they're going to ask them to do is not the same right so if you have specialized people um a great great example is this Lewis Rossman if you're not a fan uh, a fan or a uh, or know of Lewis Rossman he runs a repair shop uh, up in New York City and through the pandemic he went through and kept his I think it was 14 employees uh, it hurt it hurt him through to through doing so because um, he he wasn't making as much money as he was one uh, before the pandemic but he knew that being able to hold on to the the skilled workers that he had was so critical. And now coming through the pandemic, he's doing better because of the fact that he's not trying to uh, keep, you know, or, or having to go find new people, train new people, because the people that he would have let go would have just moved on and did something else with, with their time and with their money. So even though they didn't have as much work coming through, which is kind of weird because the pandemic, you know, has shown us that, people you know are are still buying electronics like there's a chip shortage and all that so like there's still a demand for this stuff um he decided he he would keep his keep his employees and keep paying them and in some cases when you know things were so slow they would just be like out out front like tossing a football around or something and and you know when the shops cleaned up and everything's good but there's nothing going on like he's like i'd rather pay them to do nothing so that when times get good i still have this this pool of talent here and they have remained uh, loyal to him i think one of the the things here that you know a certain section of people have decided that they just aren't going to you know they're not going to put up with any crap anymore they're not going to sit back and 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 be like well i really didn't like what i was doing or i didn't like the people i was working for i didn't like this or that and they just decide, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to bail. Like there's no, you know, cause, cause when you looked, when you looked around and you say, oh, you know, United Airlines, 
you know, right after their government subsidy ended, they they let go thirty thousand people like that, and then literally a month and a half later, are crying about a labor shortage. Oh, they can't get people. Uh, like that's a lot of people. That's a lot, thirty thousand people. Thirty thousand. Re- you know, we're talking about resumes, trying to get people to come back, incentivize people to come to that industry. People at that point have already moved on. Uh, that you know, they decide, hey, well, why don't I try to get a remote working job? But like, why? Why not? Why? Why do I have to go to an office? Uh, or, or why do I have to put up with this this stuff? Like, let me go to something that fits my life better, the life that I want to live. I mean, I always preach that for for the business owners, right? Build your business for your lifestyle, not your lifestyle for your business. And and the same goes for people. You know, you got to do the things that make you happy. To to we only get one chance at all this, right? And spending it miserable is not gonna is is it's just miserable. <laughs> there's no there's no award at the end to say, hey, you you did a good job. You know, you you did the thing, and and we're proud of you for for hanging in there and being miserable for thirty years of your life, um, or forty years of your life, or fifty years of your life. You know, do the things that make you happy, and and that's why, like, even with with you know the entrepreneurs, the super entrepreneurs that uh, I work with that are starting their own businesses, uh, I always say, like, let's let's find where the passion is, right, and then we can start to work from that passion. What can we do? What can we accomplish? What business can you start that actually fits aligns with that passion, rather than you know, and it might be hard. It, it, it ain't easy. It ain't easy doing, you know, the, uh, you know, starting a business. But it was easy. Everybody would do it. Everybody that, that you know, the 30,000 people, the, the 20,000 people, the 10,000 people, the, 20, the you know, 100,000 people that, get, that got laid off through the pandemic um, or hundreds of thousands of people in general that got laid off through the pandemic. You know, they all didn't just start businesses. Some of them did, but not all of them. And And owning a business isn't necessarily for everybody. But I think that, you know, if you're in a in a position where you're like, uh, why why should I, you know, go through the trouble? Why should I go through, you know, that there's no loyalty here for me? Why then maybe maybe it is. Maybe it is a, it's time for to take a stand and do something. But um it's it, you know, the the story of the Burger King where they they put up on the sign we're sorry, we all quit. Uh it comes to mind and, you know, companies that enable uh owners that enable poor management skills on on themselves as well as enabling poor management to to take root in your organization and create toxic uh situations i think you absolutely um are you know are going to pay the price you're going to pay the price for that and and especially when you know you have competition by bigger by bigger companies than than yours that are going to you know, offer more benefits, more opportunities, more of a ladder to climb, uh, less uh, blockades in that ladder to to be able to to for them to to scale and get some you know get some somewhere higher with their life and their skills and their desires and their passions. Um, it it just it's going to be hard. So I I think it you know there's more to working somewhere than just how much money am I going to make? You know, there's, and there's more than just benefits and how much time off. Right. But there's there's the management skills. And that's why, that's one of the reasons I say sales won't save your business because it, they, it will not save your business. You 
absolutely have to do everything that you can do to create the a, a great team culture a great offer and build the processes for the team and the customers to go through that makes them want to be there and want to interact with with uh, you and the rest of the company and and all the customers that come along with it and if you're not willing to to step up and do those things then you're you're going to pay the price you're 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 absolutely going to be paying the price cuz these big companies are just swallowing up people uh for the holiday season and you, these small businesses unfortunately uh good and or bad are going to be left in the dust which i, I think that um that's why you got to go and you got to work hard to figure out what can i do what can i offer what can i pivot that these other companies can't offer here we go so uh 500 million you uh let's see update one us 500 million dollar joint venture aims to curb climate change with forest investments blue source a private uh, U.S. company that advises companies on emissions reductions said Tuesday that it has entered a $500 million joint venture with an investment firm to purchase timber forests to help curb climate change. The joint venture with Oak Hill Advisors called Blue Source Sustainable Forest Company aims to purchase and more sustainably manage more than 1 million acres of forests in North America. Uh, Oak Hill, which has more than five hundred billion or fifty billion dollars in assets, will finance the vast majority of the venture, and Blue Source will finance the rest," said Roger Williams, the president of Blue Source. Williams said the venture would allow his company to move beyond developing projects that generate carbon credits to becoming an asset manager of forest lands. There is a societal and climate benefit associated with harvesting forests less intensively and there are markets that exist today that reward long-term management behavior the man uh, the joint venture aims to buy timber forests and co-invest alongside traditional forest managers to develop carbon credits verified by independent organizations uh, they said they would generate carbon credits by cutting down fewer trees than traditional timber operations and taking other steps to allow the forest to keep growing robustly uh, and absorb more carbon dioxide than it would otherwise. Uh, it added it would sell the credits uh, representing emissions uh, reductions to companies such as natural gas producers and mandatory carbon markets like California and voluntary carbon markets where companies are looking to reduce emissions to net zero. Blue Source, uh, which manages Nearly 80 forest projects from Alaska to South Carolina did not say that where the forest in the joint venture aims to purchase or co-manage uh, are located. They will likely be mixed hardwood forests such as oaks, maples, uh, and poplar <clears throat> rather than monoculture pine sta- uh, mono- monoculture pine stands in the south uh, southeast. So, you know, I... Uh, I love the fact that that, that a company uh, is able to, you know, basically, hey, we're you know we're a uh, you know for timber company, right? We're we're taking down trees, but we're going to do it more sustainably, and then we're going to be able to sell that uh, that that reduction of emissions, right? By uh, by by being more 
um, responsible with the with the forest that we are working, you know, that we are uh, cutting down and uh, making sure that they grow properly uh, to to absorb more carbon, uh, then and then turn around and sell it. So it's like there's an opportunity on top of an opportunity on top of wrapped in a good uh, a good venture for for the earth. <laughs> like I I just I just love that and I wanted to share that article with you uh, today because I I think that there's other opportunities out there for us to to look at on a smaller scale, right? Um, maybe you get together with some other businesses in a, uh, in your, uh, like, you know, if you have a, uh, what's it called industrial park or something like that. And you're like, Hey, like, let's get together and, and get some solar panels or something to that effect. Like what's some ways that you can give back that also helps, you know, put money back into the business. And in this case, it, it's, this is a this is a great opportunity for uh, the forest company, you know, the uh, Blue Source, as well as the companies that are going to be buying it to offset their their uh, their carbon that they're creating. And when, regardless of what you think of, you may think of the carbon taxes or uh, you know carbon credits that are created. You know, I, I think that the the key to this is that even though there is a great opportunity for for Earth, uh, there's a good opportunity for the business, and that's that's where I think uh, you know why I wanted to, to bring this up is that you know what's good for business can also be good for the Earth, and that's the the direction that more and more companies need to look at. Uh, you know. And and without necessarily like like here's here's a good example of um like the plastic straws right like I I, I get reducing the the need for plastic straws I get it but paper straws aren't the answer paper straws actually use more energy to create uh, and they suck they just suck I mean they don't suck in the good way either like <laughs> they they fall apart and it's like you know if I'm getting myself a milkshake the last thing I want is a straw that's falling apart. Uh, and, and I think with the other day I got, um, uh, I got an icy and all they had was paper straws there. So guess what? I ended up taking like two or three paper straws because I ended up going through them because the, if I had to rely on the one paper straw to, to drink the icy, I I wasn't going to be able to, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So, you know, I don't know that that's the, that's the answer. I think that there are certain situations where paper straws make sense, uh, but I think more more better would be like permanent kind of straws, you know, straws that you create uh, and you wash like utensils at a, at a restaurant. Like I think that would make more sense uh, than than plastic straws, you know, or paper straws for that matter. I would love to know what you think down in the comments below. Finally today, uh, real quick Evergrande update. Uh, it's still oops, <laughs> it's still fro- uh, their, their stock is still frozen, uh, and there isn't much of an update other than uh, the China credit growth slows amid property and Evergrande trouble. So uh, things uh, China's credit growth slowed in September. Uh, as weakness in the property market amid Evergrande crisis weighed on financing and lending activities, d- d- despite the central bank's call to stabilize credit expansion, I mean this goes into a whole a whole big thing. But uh, 
but yeah, I mean, that's basically the update that I have for, for Evergrande today is like no news is slow. You know, slow things are, things are still slow, uh, and things aren't necessarily happening the way, uh, you know, we, we want them to, to happen and play out. So we'll continue to, uh, to moderate and hopefully we don't ever have to hit the panic button, uh, on the situation that is potentially looming in the background. Um, I'm really hopeful that the, that this is going to get uh, sorted out. But uh, but as time goes on, I, I I will admit I'm getting a little nervous myself because um, you add this to the way the, the you know the rest of the um, the pandemic econo- you know economy and it's not it's not good it's not good it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be very pretty so hopefully uh we get some news that things start to to shape up the way that we need them to in order to make uh you know make make things go not into the completely into the toilet <laughs> finally today the question came uh came up in the comments should i is it better to try to fix my brand versus a take a fresh start uh on a brand new brand oh i'm hitting my mic everywhere should i try to fix my brand or start a new a fresh brand so i have some feelings about this uh because i have done that i've done that a couple of times over the years uh changing brands is uh for uh my independent podcast conference and community uh as well as with the uh, Pardo truck parts getting spun into um, into Medway trucking, and then eventually that going away, and it be you know a whole new brand, uh, or or actually our brand of Pioneer truck sales being spun into Pardo Fleet Solutions. So I, I I've, I've been around it uh, enough over the years, and I I think it depends on what the reputation is uh for the brand you know for what you have going on and if the name of the business that you have reflects where you're heading with the business going into tomorrow so if you um if you're trying to like totally pivot your business it might make sense to start fresh and start a brand new brand uh if you're it it, it could also be if you have a uh, a a uh, identity problem, but the identity problem isn't necessarily you, and it's not necessarily the the business itself, but the how people perceive what it is that you do. So this would be like a, you know having a company. Um, so in, in this case, we have part Pioneer Truck Sales, right? And Pioneer Truck Sales, Pioneer hasn't sold trucks. I mean, they they would sell, uh, I don't know, maybe one truck a year, used truckers or something like that. But it was a repair shop uh, for the most part, right? And what happened, um, what you know, but back, I mean, back in the day when it first started back in like the late 60s, early 70s, it it, it was, they, you know, they did sell. My great uncle, grandfather, great grandfather uh, would sell, would sell the truck, you know, sell trucks from there, used trucks. So that that model kind of waned over time, and they were mostly into the fixing of the trucks. And then every once in a while, they would have you know trucks to sell, and, and you have to sell so many trucks a year to keep your keep your license. But Pioneer Truck Sales didn't really lend itself to what they did. 
So, you know, my dad was thinking about it, and he ended up going with Pardo Fleet Solutions because that better served where the company that he wanted to bring to the to the forefront uh, was heading, truck repair being a part of it, but also – uh, parts eventually selling parts eventually uh, being able to have like a triple A AAA service uh, for for tr- uh, for truckers to call twenty four seven and and have somebody come and get their you know fix their truck roadside assistance uh, doing on site maintenance of trucks uh, as well as um, we eventually went into uh, doing RV and and generator services as well so you know it. it it better encompassed what we do now versus, you know, back when it was pioneer truck sales. Now that still exists and, and still uh, does some business uh, in a, in a, you know, on the side uh, as a piece of, of part of fleet solutions. But for the most part, it is its own thing. And um, so I, I think that it's important to understand like what the perception of the business that you currently have is, what is the what does that name say that you do? Um, and like here, here's an example, uh, a, a theoretical. You have McDonald's. If McDonald's starts selling tacos tomorrow, do you think it should still be called McDonald's? Probably not, because the amount of time and energy and money that it would take to re-educate the public is is enormous to go from burgers to now we're selling tacos. We ain't selling burgers anymore. We're selling tacos, and. You know, maybe it's McDonald's tacos or something like that, um, or, or or the Golden Arch Golden Arch tacos or Golden Arch burritos or something like that. But starting a, a whole fresh brand, I think is it's a lot of work, but ultimately, I think would you know generally will pay off unless uh, with the the only aside I would say is if people have, um an attachment but even people having an attachment to a name so in the case of independent podcast conference it was called the mid-atlantic podcast conference for the longest time for like five years and i decided uh, after you know talking with some friends to utilize you know like maybe maybe they should change the name you know people loved calling it mapcon we had a, a great following year after year but you know growth had kind of stagnated a little bit and i would get emails every year asking is should i is the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference for me. I live in California. I live in this state or that state, or I live on the other side of the world and want to come. And, you know, the answer is always yes, but that name, even though the the name really stuck because that's where we held the events in the Philadelphia area. So when I decided to change the name to Independent Podcast Conference, there was definitely some pushback. Icon for short. And... There was pushback from the people who most loved it, but over very quickly, people got it, and the brand was actually able to grow so much quicker uh, because more people got it and understood that, like, hey, Middle Atlantic Podcast Conference was for independent podcasters, but now it is it's in the name, and it's not limited to a to a to an area that people feel like they aren't a part of unless they happen to know me or know somebody else that was in it. So I, I, at that point it's, you know, it's, that was a little bit of column a and a little bit of column B of fixing and starting fresh. Um, so I, I think that there's, uh, you know, if people, if you have like a bar, I mean, I see this on, on bar rescue all the time where, 
you know, you have a bar that's been there for a hundred years and people have been coming there and now all of a sudden you're going to go and change the name. Well, the name has history. The name had a reputation of being great at one point and then it becomes bad. That's that's where it's time to fix the brand, right? Because people know the name. They know even if you called it something else, people are going to still call it. It's just like uh, Disney's MGM Studios became Disney Hollywood Studios. People still call it MGM. I still call it MGM most of the time. And it's easier to say. It just rolls off the tongue. And, you know, I've been saying it since forever. So, you know, that that's a case where, okay, you tried to fix the brand. Uh, but and, it, and for the most part, it works. But it's still... You know, people are people are going to feel attached one way or the other. I mean, I saw people call my event MapCon, and that's fine. It's not the end of the world, but for the most part, Icon is the future. That's where we're headed, uh, and now it's been that way for a couple of years. So people are starting to get used to the. I'm starting to get used to not calling it MapCon, just saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to Icon, or we're going to be hosting Icon." Um, and. Yeah, so I, I think if you have this situation where it's like, oh, this bar's been there for 100 years, or you have this place that's been there for 100 years. I mean, heck, we bought a place, or we were running a place uh, that was a GMC dealership for the longest time, and it was Gal- uh, Gallo GMC. And after we, we moved in with Pardo Truck Parts, uh, people still called it Gallo, because that's just what they, they just knew it to be Gallo. You know, it was, ah, it's Gallo. Um so you know, people are going to call what they what they want. I mean, not that we were going to call it, we couldn't call it Gallo GMC or whatever, but you know, people are just referring to it what they're used to referring to it as. Um, and you know, I I think that if you're in that situation where you're you're trying to figure out like, okay, should I change that name of that that hundred year old bar or keep it? I, I, the only thing I could I could see doing is is maybe if it's been that bad for that long, um, I would still try to keep the brand. But maybe if you could shorten it, you know, if you it's like maybe it's some long name or something like that, and you're just shortening it to whatever people call. Because like people would come to Pardo Truck Service Parts Warehouse Inc. and they would they, they, you know you'd hear them on the phone. They pick up the phone and be like, yeah, 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 I'm over at Pardo's. Like oh okay well it's it's not really called Pardo's it's Pardo's truck service Pardo's truck service or they would just say truck service so you know maybe shortening up the name uh, going forward would make make sense right so we we have part of Fleet Solutions really I mean it's just it's Pardo's um, yeah so I, I I think that it depends on what kind of reputation you had before and what kind of reputation you're planning on having going forward. Uh, and and if the business is going to operate in the same lanes that it operated before, if it's different, it might be time to start a, start fresh. So that way, you're not creating a confusion going the other way. Where again, in the McDonald's example, oh, we we you know we've sold burgers for getting close to 100 years now. Guess what? Now we're changing it, and we're gonna we're gonna just we're only selling tacos. Okay, well, guess what? That's that's a whole new brand that needs to be rolled out because people are going to go to McDonald's and be like, where's the burgers? I need the burgers. Yeah, they might sell salads, but where's the burgers? That's what we're there for. Just like you're here to listen and learn with the entrepreneurs, I appreciate you watching and listening uh, every single day here. I'm having so much fun doing this. And uh, if you, you know, leave me a comment down below what you want to hear, if there's a story you want me to follow uh, or, or cover, that'd be awesome. 
uh, to hear from you. If you want to, you know, leave a comment or a review uh, on uh, on on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. Or your favorite podcast of, uh, player of choice, that would be awesome as well. I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you have an amazing day. I should have the preview video for Shark Tank. Uh, season 13 episode two probably coming out today or tomorrow uh, most likely so look forward to that i have uh, we have a new shark tank another shark tank uh, pitch going live today the 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 show no uh, which was is a lot of fun i have some interviews coming uh, down the pike in the next week or so with uh, a couple of different business uh, shark tank business owners that you know contestants if you will uh, that have been on the show Shark Tank, so I'm looking forward to getting those out. And uh, yeah, I oh, uh, and join me Friday night, this Friday night from uh, four or from between nine and nine and eleven p.m. Eastern will be the new <clears throat> the new uh, Shark Tank episode uh, episode two for season thirteen. That will all the pitches will go live. Uh, as well as if you want to work on your business, uh, come and hang out with me as well as work one-on-one on your business. Go to superjoepardo.com slash mastermind. It's just $97 a month to join. You get uh, four hours a month with me uh, in a group setting, plus you get one hour a month with me uh, where we work one-on-one directly focused on your business and your needs and what you can do. And if you have any questions, Feel free to drop a comment below or send shoot me an email, joe at superjoeparto.com. I will see you in the next video, which will probably be over here at some point. Uh, have a great day. Take care.